Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe podcast with your host, Rob Lucy. Rob is the author of the book, How Will You Be Remembered? A Guide for Creating and Enjoying Your Legacies Now. So grab yourself a cup of coffee and find yourself a seat in the Legacy Cafe. Here's Rob. Thanks, Kathy. I am Rob Lucy, and welcome to the Legacy Cafe. You know, when I started on this journey of learning about what legacies are and aren't, I was under that misapprehension that legacies were about money and death. You know, you shuffle all the money and the resources down to the kids. Well, the problem was for me and my wife, we didn't have kids. We're not uh, wealthy. We're not famous. And I don't think I'm dead yet. But along this journey, the first thing I came across was the concept of putting you, putting me on paper and that becoming a legacy for descendants that follow. I'm going to introduce you to a guy who is the guru of this craft and his name is Dr. Barry Baines. He's a hospital medical director in the Twin Cities and he's got a book out called Ethical Wills, Putting Your Values on Paper and it charged me into this. So, Barry, hello. Where You're out in the Twin Cities. Hello. Yes, in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Rob, good to uh, hear your voice. And, and I really mean it. You are the guru of this. I mean, your book, which I've got in my hand, got me into this. So, first of all, what is an ethical will? How would you define that? Yeah, very simply stated, an ethical will is a way to record and share, that's very important, your values, beliefs, life lessons, faith, gratitude, love, and forgiveness with family, friends, and community. That's it in a nutshell of what an ethical will is. It's also known what? as some other some other terms attached to it that that explain it. It's also called the legacy letter, uh, also known as a love letter from the heart, a voice of the heart, or a legacy of values. Those are other things that tend to be used pretty interchangeably. Yeah, I, I call mine a legacy letter, and as I teach. Um a course on and building your legacy stories I call it a legacy letter and a lot mm-hmm. of people take that put the ethical will into a video format which has been really fun to help people along what got you into it though I'm, I'm sure I'm sure you run across quite a few dramatic events being a, a medical director but how did this start yeah and this uh, came directly from my work in hospice and it was uh, the story that really got me launched in this whole area so I'll have to turn the clock back to 1997 and uh, we were sitting in our hospice team meeting uh, for those listeners who may not be aware of how hospice teams work usually there's a medical director the nurse case manager so social workers, chaplains, volunteer uh, people, uh, therapists, pet therapists, etc. And uh, we were going over our caseload and the chaplain told us about uh, one of our patients, a man named Dennis, who was, who was in his late 40s. Uh, sadly, he had pancreatic cancer, which is not a, uh, it's a cancer with a very poor prognosis. And the uh, this gentleman told Phil that uh, he just had this sense of foreboding and hopelessness centering around that he was going to die and there'd be no trace that he was ever on the earth. And uh, as Phil shared this with the team, that sense of hopelessness really sort of uh, settled in on all of us, figuring out what could we do for this guy. Because here was a man, he was married, he had two young kids. I think as you prefaced earlier, you know, Dennis was not rich and famous, let's put it that way. He sort of went through the school of hard knocks in his life. And here he was on the cusp of, uh, you know, getting to his end and feeling that that first wave will wash up on the shore and his footprint will be would be gone. And it was at that point that literally it was like a light bulb went off 
off in my head, and I recalled uh, reading a book 10 years earlier called So That Your Values Live On, Ethical Wills and How to Prepare Them. That was written by Jack Reamer and Nathaniel Stamfer. And I remembered reading about this idea of values that you could pass on. So sort of the way we think of a will of inheritance as a way to pass on your valuables, think of the ethical will or legacy letter as a way to pass on your values. So mm-hmm. I mentioned this to the team. Everybody was sort of looking to grasp at some straws that might help this uh, young man. And so after our team meeting, I sat down with Phil and recalled what I could from this book I read 10 years before that about questions that he could ask Dennis. And so not surprisingly, uh, when Phil went out later that week to visit with uh, Dennis and presented this idea to him, Dennis grabbed onto this the way a drowning person would grab onto a life preserver. It took Phil about an hour, hour and a half to go through through about half a dozen questions. He was uh, the scribe for Dennis. And as soon as he was done, Dennis turned to Phil and said, you know, Phil, that horrible suffering that I was experiencing, that, you know, basically I'd be forgotten, it's totally gone. Hmm. And when Phil, came, when Phil came back to our team meeting afterwards, we were all blown away. I mean, the idea that something as simple as this recording of values and life lessons, hopes for the future, in the case for Dennis, he knew it was a future that he wasn't going to be a part of in a physical sense, but felt that he was leaving his mark for his kids as they, as they grew up. And that, as you can imagine, just got me launched on this idea of ethical wills and legacy letters. And although I started in the hospice arena, the end-of-life care area, um, it pretty uh, soon afterwards, within a couple of years, really started to move upstream. So that's sort of the short story that got me on this journey, as it were, and it's been something that there's not a day that goes by where I'm not more and more impressed with how impactful this could be and that it's within grasp of everybody. It's not something that's just too complicated to do. Everybody has had an extraordinary life, and uh, capturing those things that are important uh, is not uh, out of anybody's reach. Before I ask you what can be in uh, an ethical will legacy letter, uh, you're not a psychologist, I know, but what happened to Denison? What happened in his brain and his heart for him to be at peace then? Yeah, that's a a great question, Robin. Uh, One of the things that that I've understood is that humans have this uh, transcendent dimension, and to sort of put that into English or uh, to make it more simply understood, transcendence is the idea that uh, life will continue after we're gone. And, and humans are believed to be the only species that, that have that dimension. Mm-hmm. Put it in another way, it's that there's a drive within us that we want to be remembered. We don't want to be forgotten. And now, in Dennis's case, he had this tangible connection to future generations in his case. It was written down, and it was there. Even if he wasn't going to be there, people could refer to it. They would remember him. This is what he stood for. This is what he hoped for. And that gave him... Uh, this peace of mind or this tranquility and I I know from other discussions that you and I have had over the years the sense of peace of mind that washes over you when you're done with this I know when I wrote my ethical will when I was done I just felt really good I I had this peace of mind that I had again created something that's going to be a tangible connection boy you and I have had that very same experience and we haven't talked about it when I wrote mine I finally did it. I started mine with six values, uh, why they were important to me, and here's a story of me living that value. Once I got that written, and it took a little little bit of time to write, and it wasn't a 
I mean, this is two pages maybe. Mm-hmm. I felt absolutely relieved totally when I folded up and put it in my drawer and told my wife it's here. Mm-hmm. I just felt like now I can, I can, I don't want to. I don't want to be hit by that herd of water buffalo, but right. mm-hmm. I felt at peace because now my family will know more about me and, and if they keep this letter, so will our descendants. What can be in an ethical will or a legacy letter? Yeah, I mean, typically, uh, again, people think of it as as your legacy of values. So certainly sitting down and uh, recording values that are important, you know, important to you. And also doing a little bit of unpacking. It's not so much writing a a bullet list of things. Because people want to know more. It's it's not only what the value is, but why is that value important? So people will write about things, you know, commonly about uh, the value of hard work, uh, the value of family, they'll write about gratitude for others, they'll write about relationships, the importance of family, they'll write about their faith. But again, it's not just writing the words on the paper of what the value is or what the life lesson is, but a little bit of the why behind it. What's the mm-hmm. what's the drive for that? And that typically is, and, and that's why, in, in fact, I, my ethical will is about a page and a half, so uh, you know, they're really not that long. It doesn't mean you can't write more. There's not like a magic, you know, number of pages that a legacy letter can be. I did my first uh, legacy letter, ethical will, by portraying these I guess, six values I had mm-hmm. with why is it important in a story. And the stories were good. I had some fun telling them. But then mm-hmm. I've gone back into this letter. It's in print. Mm-hmm. And I've added more things like experiences I've had and learned from, people I've learned from, people yes. I love, um, apologies mm-hmm. I want to make. I've started throwing them in there too and I feel better mm-hmm. every time I close the envelope. Yes, every I think all of those things are uh, are perfect to really be putting in a legacy letter. Um, I think that's I think that's great. And I, you know, interestingly, after I got done with my, with mine, I was so excited that I ran up to find my two uh, pre-teenage daughters to share mine with them. I was very excited, and they were kind of. You know, looking looking at at this, and they're looking and says, "Oh yeah, Dad, that's nice." And then they they point. They said, "You know, you could do better on this one over here." <laughs> one of my daughters worked in the same workplace as me, and she took me aside one day and said, "You know, Dad, I've been watching you <laughs> at work." And I said, "Oh, what, what's that about?" And she said, "Well, no, you know that ethical will that you shared with us. Well, I can really see that you're trying to, you know, to sort of walk the talk. The things that you said are important. You're actually, I'm kind of seeing you." do that in your life so it's this idea of uh, living your life with more intention when you write your legacy letter earlier in your life you have some time and this piece about intentionality as well as leaving a legacy uh, becomes you know I want to want to say as important because it meets different needs but it is also that intentionality is very important so the what I take from that is then I was going to ask about what's the earliest to write one, but at almost any age is fine as long as you have the will and the the desire to do it. And secondly, I was going to ask about sharing. You shared mm-hmm. yours with your family then, so they know what your your thoughts are. Yep, yes they do. I've gone, I've quote gone public, <laughs> yeah. and uh, when you when you do, I think that's one of the things that uh, helps you to live your life with greater intention because. You've gone on record publicly of saying things that are important to you, things that you uh, hope to do, um, 
But I also put in mind that, you know, that we are human, we have failings, we make mistakes, and so, uh, you know, hopefully I'll be forgiven for some of the mistakes that I, that I make throughout my life. I came to the legacy letter and it just made sense to me that it was a legacy in that um, my definition of the book, as you know, is that the legacy will connect you to others, it'll enhance all your lives, you'll be happier, and, and you can know that when you breathe your last smile, you're leaving something pretty good behind. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a. I think that the, uh, the ethical will legacy letter is a perfect legacy. I, uh, I got a feeling you might agree. But what are your thoughts? Uh, I I agree. Um, and the, like I say, the postscript on that is is live your life as you wish to be remembered, as well. And that will you know just sort of reaffirm what's in your legacy and and how you be remembered. Why write one early? Why write one at 35 versus waiting till you're 75, Um, I like to think that people are going to write this or be inclined to do this at uh, transitions in their lives and turning points. And we go through those at at many different stages. And so uh, starting a little bit more upstream gives one the ability to add to over time. And actually, you talked about that yourself with with yours. Um, my, My sense is that while there's an importance in having some life experience under your belt, uh, the tone and the focus of a legacy letter will probably change the more experience you have. And you know, just one real quick example, there is a University of Hartford, a college in Connecticut that um, uh, actually is part of an adult journey class. The instructor has all of the students write an ethical will or legacy letter. So these are kids 18, 19, 20 years old and they've uh, shared some of those with me because they use uh, uh, some of our resources to do this. And uh, the ethical wills that they write, their legacy letters, have much more about gratitude for their parents, you know, what their parents and grandparents gave them in terms of a foundation for making decisions, for doing the right thing in life, for wanting to make a difference. Uh, So there's a lot of gratitude and they talk about their hopes for the future um, and uh, you know again that what they've been given that they hope to just uh, pay forward um, and they're very heartwarming in and of itself one of the things I find and Rob you've read a whole bunch of them as well I find every ethical will legacy letter that I read has a certain elegance to it mm-hmm. and in, in part it's not fancy language necessarily but it so much speaks of the voice of the heart that comes out there that you you can't help but get taken in uh, as you read these. What would you suggest to somebody to, to have a taste of what can be? Yeah, I, you know, I could think of uh, three things uh, just real quick off the top of my head. For those of your listeners out there who keep diaries and journals, uh, that's you know, more of the uh, uh, blank sheet of paper approach, as I call it. Um, and for people who do that, if you just if you just review what you've written over the past several months, there are themes that would tend to come out, and that would be a great way to sort of condense and summarize just moving forward just like that. But those are, again, the people that really are comfortable with the uh, the blank sheet of paper approach. For other people, I like to do two uh, very quick exercises, which obviously we're not going to have time to moderate around, but one of them is sit down, a piece of paper, take a minute, and just jot down three values or three phrases that describe uh, who you are as a person 
And that becomes very rich in terms of unpacking those. So, you know, in my case, I typically write down uh, creativity, compassion, and humor. Uh, the uh, compassion comes from my hospice work. I try to be humorous. I succeed sometimes and sometimes <laughs> not. And uh, my creativity is uh, known, give me a problem. I like to think uh, outside, outside the box with that. Another good one is uh, sort of just uh, connecting yourself to... Uh, uh, ancestors, someone in your family that you feel connected to who may, may be gone, they could certainly be uh, still living, but the idea of putting yourself in, in the position of uh, being able to talk to them about their lives and their lifetimes, jotting down again a half a dozen questions of that, uh, what you'd want to know about their lives and their lifetimes, and then if you just turn that around, like 180 degrees, sort of paying it forward, there's a version of those questions that you would want to ask this ancestor of yours that your ancestors would want to ask of you. And that is very fertile ground for just uh, spinning off, again, values, life lessons, stories, etc. And then I also, you know, it's not, uh, you know, being copycatting or anything, but seeing examples, reading examples of legacy letters, I think really helps a person to understand what they are. And so a bit of your writing and looking at um, some examples of, of ethical wills that people write is a great way to get, really to get going on this. You know, Barry, there's one chapter in my book where we deal about time. And a lot of people say, well, I'll get to my values later. And I'm saying sometimes those people don't get there and they have to wait for their eulogist to tell them what their <laughs> legacies are. Yeah. Um, why not wait till you've got a little bit more wisdom and, and more experience to talk about? Yeah. Two reasons why. Number one, the, the reality that no one is promised tomorrow. So yeah. you may wait and it'll be too late. And once you know, these things are gone they're, gone, they're gone forever. The other thing, if you look at a legacy letter as being more of a process rather than an event that you just, oh, I did my legacy letter, now I'm done, yeah. um, it's not so much a summary as sort of an ongoing process. So if you start putting pen to paper or recording, I mean, there's a lot of different formats for doing this. There's not one way that's necessarily the, you know, the best, although I like writing only because that seems to be the most enduring and technology changes and you get, can get caught up in uh, those kind of things. But the idea that if you start reflecting, and again, people tend to be motivated to do this at transitions and turning points, challenging events, uh, milestones in their life, um, sometimes like a lot of national or natural disasters uh, compel people to do that because, you know, just the fragility of life. But the idea if you start early, even though your focus may be something a little bit different as you're looking toward the future, it still ensures that you have something written down to work on as you continue to grow. And actually, uh, to me, I think it would be even more more fun uh, in the sense that often to the future to see how people uh, have uh, changed and grown over the years. And it'll change, and it'll change because I, I've had that experience myself when I did my, my first legacy letter was, as I say, Six Values. Mm -hmm. um, I had shot up the importance of health because mm -hmm. I had some health issues, and um, yeah. thank, thankfully we've got rid of them, and so I've 
health has moved down to number four. Always stay healthy and keep mm-hmm. in great shape. But so, so the, it evolves. Both my values evolve, and also other content has evolved too. Mm-hmm. And uh, because you and I are both very young guys, these mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> our legacy letters may change a hundred times before we. Uh-huh. I'm, I'm hoping. <laughs> I think once people start their legacy letter with a 45-word paragraph, the seed is now there. It's been germinated, and you will have so so much joy in evolving your legacy letter. Mm -hmm. And at some point, you'll say, "Boy, that that feels you'll you will say that you'll say that feels good all the way along the the journey." Absolutely, Barry. This has been great information, but we have more. For those of you listening, we have built a special web page that will allow you to learn a lot more about ethical wills and legacy letters. And that webpage is this, legacycafe.org forward slash Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. That's legacycafe.org forward slash Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S. We'll have links there to Barry's blog, to his website. Um, We'll let you know how you can get the book. And you'll be able to uh, connect with Dr. Baines, and uh, you may have some questions about uh, your your own ethical will or legacy letter. And you've got workbooks and things that can help people out. Yep. So head to LegacyCafe.org forward slash Baines, B-A-I-N-E-S, for some great information on something which I really believe in. Thank you very much for this time with us. I think we may have moved a few people forward. Great, I hope so, and Rob, it was a pleasure to chat with you today. I'm Rob Lucy. This is the Legacy Cafe. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Legacy Cafe podcast. We have lots of great conversations coming your way. And by the way, if you want us to send you reminders that a new podcast is ready for you, go to LegacyCafe.org to subscribe. That's LegacyCafe.org. Have a great day, and remember, the coffee and conversations are always hot at the Legacy Cafe.